Hey, good afternoon, everyone. We are back. Welcome to Rankable, episode number 12. I'm your host, of course, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at iPoolRank. Thank you all for who's returning, and thank you for first-time visitors. Welcome to Rankable. So today we have a, a really cool episode that we want to talk about. The, today's topic is going to be musicians and marketing and how to, and how to leverage the importance of creativity you know, in, you know, from my music experience and how to use it professionally. So I've got three great guests with me today. I've got Jonathan Rosenfeld, demand, gen demand generation manager at Twilio. I've got, I got Gaetano Denardi, who's at uh, Nextiva, also former employee at iPoolRank. And we also have our office manager, Glue, and person who does everything for us, voiceover, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> We've got enough on error. How you guys doing? Good. Doing good. Great, great, great. Good, good. So I really appreciate you guys having us today. And uh, this is a really interesting topic for us because all four of us here today are musicians. And what we want to do today is really kind of tap into how our, you know, our artistry and our music, how has that helped us professionally? So I would love to start off the question with you guys of, you know, tell us a little bit more about your musical background and how has this helped you professionally in your day to day? All right. Sounds good. I think I'll, I'll go ahead and start. <laughs> um, so, you know, as a musician, I'm a producer and a composer. So as a producer, I work mostly with, uh, with hip hop musicians. Um, so, you know, rappers like Freddie Gibbs, Black Rob, Freeway. Um, I've also worked with Parliament Funkadelic, Dead Prez, uh, things of that nature. And then as a composer, um, I work for NBC Universal, Vice, NFL Network, uh, Netflix, HBO, networks of that nature. Um, I've been involved in an Oscar-nominated film called The Florida Project that was done by 824. Um, so I've always been kind of tapped in um, as a musician and leveraged um, that as part of what I do professionally as a, as a marketer. So, um, you know, a lot of the things that I've learned about uh, marketing actually come from, you know, trying to promote my music. So it's been something that's really worked hand in hand. So that's like just a quick, quick little overview as far as uh, you know, my, my musical background. And we'll obviously dive in more towards how it uh, plays a role in, in, in the marketing function. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll just jump in here real quick. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man, I mean, look, I, I've been in the game for a minute um, <clears throat> doing all sorts of things, songwriting, producing, performing. Um, I think uh, the best or I would say the opportunity I, I've had in the music game that, I, that I'm the most proud of has been producing or co-producing a record for Fat Joe. That was awesome. Getting to meet him, getting to see how he works. Um, Shaggy was at his house uh, in Long Island doing work with Shaggy. That was, that was you know, kind of a surreal thing. Um, and then, of course, like writing and producing, um, you know, my own music and uh, doing um, you know, co-writing, co-production for up-and-coming musicians and artists as well. Um, I also had to had the opportunity to work with the great late Fred the Godson. Rest in peace, peace man, Fred the God. He was, he was a great one. It's sad that we lost him, um, but okay. you know, God must have had different plans for him. And then, um, of course, uh, working with um, a producer out of Queens. That uh, <laughs> uh, an acquaintance of ours here, uh, V Notes. Um, she's a phenomenal producer out of out of Queens that that I've worked with quite a lot, and I think someone else on this call has worked with quite a lot. So we'll hear from her next. Yeah. So hey guys, my name is Nefokara. Um, 
My, I'm a singer songwriter and uh, I also do voiceovers. And um, I actually had a chance to work with Gaetano a couple of years ago and he just realized it. <laughs> my, my work life and my music life have now um, kind of uh, intertwined, which is always good. But um, I've had the chance to do voiceovers for um, YouTubers and also write and uh, do music for their intros and their eBooks as well. Um, I've also been able to actually do voiceovers for um, Runtime, which is the uh, the latest production from um, IPR, as well as sing uh, the intro. So I did two of the voiceovers and also um, I've done the music for that or the, the background vocals. So that's been pretty cool. Perfect, perfect. And I, I know for me, myself, I, I've been rapping since I was about, 12 years old, um, doing it now all the way to 32, have my own setup. Um, like I said, and, and really what the, the main thing for me, right, in terms of like what has helped me professionally, I think we're all in the same boat, right? We all have to figure out from our music, we all love our art and how do we get it to the consumers? And it's such, uh, so many similarities to that and brand marketing is like, you know, our main thing is how do we get into people who want to hear our music, right? How do we get more exposure? How do we become the next superstar? And there's certain things from a marketing standpoint that we have to execute in order to get that because it's so, so competitive, right? Everybody's a, a musician. I feel like there's so much competition in that space and it's just really crazy. So I would love to hear from you guys, you know, like now that you guys are all in the marketing space, what are some things that you would do or incorporate into your earlier music years that you think would have been impactful? What are some of the things you've done to help you guys get to some of the places musically that you did? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, for for me, I think I would certainly want to leverage a little bit more on kind of paid media for music. So that's something that like I haven't really done historically and know a lot more about it as far as running paid social and things of that nature. I know it's kind of commonplace now, but you know, when I was really kind of coming up, it was more about um, running the, the PR playbook. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, ironically, like I, I write really good email copy because of promoting my music, right. Trying to get, uh, into double XL or on hip hop DX or whatever, and forming relationships on the, the PR side. But, you know, some of the things that I know now, as far as, you know, using paid models for distribution, you know, that, that's something that, um, I, I would have been doing more towards, um, you know, the early, uh, you know, 2010, 2011, when I was really active in that sort of thing. So, you know, that's one thing that kind of comes top of mind. Yeah. Yep. And a great point too. I saw the agency <laughs> put it in the note. I know when I first started, there was no social media. There was no any of that. We were actually selling CDs hand to hand on our first mixtape. We sold about 10,000 copies right out the trunk. Right. <laughs> like going yeah. hand to hand. And that was, that was a crazy time back then. So um, I'd love to hear from Nefakar and, and, and Gaetano. What, what are some things that you guys would, you know, how did you guys get to you know, work with like Fat Joe and some of the people that you've worked with and what are some of the advices you'd give your earlier self now that you guys are digital marketers? I think um, looking back, I would have invested more into um, producing my own like original content. I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple of years ago when I started, a lot of people were doing covers, but I feel like especially now that content, you know, content is king, but I would have invested more into original music, especially, I think that would have given me more of like a one-up because, um, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with everything that's going on in TikTok and Instagram reels and whatnot. Like, I think that if I would have invested more time into doing uh, 
the original content and building out my brand a little bit more, that would have definitely been helpful. But I mean, it's never too late. And I think that um, timing is also, you know, Huge. important. Is exactly. There's a lot of things that um, I released that I probably shouldn't have released earlier and I re-released and I had a better return on it. So that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm actually going to say the opposite. I think I would have done more covers. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I would have done the opposite. I, you know, it's in marketing, there's the rule of first, the law of being first at something or being, you know, doing something early before everyone copies and then everyone starts doing it and then it gets played out and it gets too cluttered. And YouTube SEO um, is one of those things that I wish I would have like tripled down on back in like 2010, um, yeah. you know, but it takes daily work and daily consistency. So if every week I would have said, I right, here's imagine if 2010 to today, every week I would have said, here's the top, you know, pop R and B song that's trending on billboard. I'm going to do a cover of it and I'm going to optimize it the best way that I, that I know how to do today, <laughs> you know, yeah. back then. Um, with, you know, the right kind of title tags and descriptions and um, keyword tags and, and all that stuff, right? Um, and then just investing in growing my YouTube channel through non-branded search, right? Because people yeah. search, you know, Chris Brown cover of this song, Drake cover of that song, whatever, and they find you. Um, and then once you have original music, you have, uh, you know, that momentum already behind you because every week you did a cover of a popular song and eventually it's just going to catch, like, you yeah. know, you're going to catch a wave. People are going to start following you. They're going to start subscribing. And then what happens is just like website domain authority, your channel, um, it acquires channel authority by, um, you know, the number of subscribers that you have, the dwell time on your videos, things of that nature and so forth. So I probably would have went all in on YouTube SEO if I could have done it again. Um, like, like, you know, Nefakara said, it's still not too late, but, yeah. um, you know, that's probably one thing I would have done. And then I probably would have went bigger on music business, thought leadership, music industry, thought leadership. I probably would have went bigger on the kind right. of snackable social media, um, you know, 30 second to 60 second clips that you're seeing now. Um, just sharing my experiences working with people like Fat Joe and Shaggy. I probably could have done more of that. Um, but, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Totally. I, I think I agree with you on, on that front, uh, Gaetano. Like the biggest thing for me, what I would have done, I would have recorded everything in terms of film wise. Mm. That's the one thing I didn't do. Like I would have recorded every single session, every single behind the scene video, every performance, every everything now, because now I've got this catalog of great music for about 10 years now and I have no visuals to coincide with it. You know what I mean? That's one thing. And then also, like you said, the YouTube SEO, I think that's super important because I wasn't really necessarily thinking monetization at that time. I was just thinking, hey, how do I get my, my, my music out there to as many people? But I wasn't thinking monetization because I just loved the music. That wasn't my thing at that point. But now it's at a point where it's like, hey, now I'm using social media in order to drive business professionally. It's the same type of concept. Now you just got to rinse and repeat it across different social channels, understand who your audience is, build your tribe, make sure you engage with those people, and then just consistently create great, great content. So, And I, I'm curious for you guys, like, what's, what's something that you would hear um, – what would you recommend to an artist right now who's not who doesn't have the digital marketing background that we have? Where would, where would be a good place for them to start today in 2020? I think kind of just going off of what Guy Gaetano said, just looking for me, I like to look to see what works for people 
you know, alongside of like doing original content, but what works with people, how can I improve it? And how can I put my own twist on it as well? As far as like a marketing standpoint is concerned too. So, and then I would definitely say to have a plan of action for your content and do it consistently. I think if you don't do it consistently, like it's just not, it's never going to catch on, especially now that everyone's home and everyone's going to be home for quite some time. Like, this is the prime time to record all the content that you can have a plan of action, especially for winter that's coming up and just move forward from there. I think you just have to have a plan and be consistent when you're rolling out your content as well. No, yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I would say there's no secret to any of this stuff. Like when you go to the yeah. gym, um, Ryan Leslie even said this, um, when you go to the gym, that same, you know, dumbbell, you're doing the same exercises. Yeah. You're doing this, you know, you might be changing your reps up a little bit, but ultimately the way to grow muscle at the gym is to just keep picking up that same dumbbell, keep doing the same reps. Um, and, and that's the way you grow website traffic. That's the way you grow social media following. That's the way you grow fans and music. You know, it's the aggregation of marginal gains. It's, you know, doing, um, something over a sustained period of time over and over again until those gains build up to be a lot in perpetuity and you know whatever it is that you decide to go all in on whether it's instagram whether it's youtube that's kind of what i would say about all this like don't try to do it all pick one thing kind of go focus on one thing and do what you're great at and let that build up over time but don't try to spread your your water too thin because then you're not going to be able to to grow the seeds Totally. And I appreciate the yeah. also analogy with the guns out, fam. <laughs> I mean, come on now. <laughs> this is Miami. This is, you know. Uh, exactly. Um, yeah. And just to kind of piggyback on, on that thought, um, you know, just abandon the traditional album approach to promotion. I think like if you kind of want to develop a following now, put out as many singles as you can, right? And to, to Gatano's point, Pick a channel that you think you're going to get some momentum on. Maybe it's TikTok, maybe it's Instagram, whatever the case may be, and then have a rollout for each one of those singles. That's a repeatable and scalable process. Um, I think, you know, with how things are now, the attention spans. Um, if you're a new artist, people aren't going to check out that album that you spent two out uh, two years on, or whatever the case. Uh, but what you can do is release a single over time. You know, maybe once a month over the course of two years, then compile that into an album after the fact once you've actually developed an audience. And the good thing about kind of gaming the system with that approach is that when you take singles that were released and then you put them on the album, all the streams actually are attributed to that album. So you'll see that a lot with certain artists that have had like a really hot single. It's been out for a year or whatever. And then it just magically shows up on a bonus track on the album. The purpose of that is to juice their numbers in terms of sales because streams, you know, equate to a certain amount of sales. Um, so that's kind of how I would think about like, you know, what to do now is just really just abandon the traditional approach of uh, music marketing where it's like, okay, I have this album then I'm going to select two to three singles. I'll do one or two videos and have that sort of traditional rollout. It doesn't work anymore. Um, using that kind of singles approach, I think is a, a really good tactic to use. Absolutely. I, I think we've seen yeah. that a lot. And I, I, I actually want to ask you guys a question. Who do you guys think is the best musician marketer in the game right now and why? Um, I'm gonna say Illmind. Yeah, that's a I'm good say, one. I'm man. gonna say Illmind. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, he is a well. There's two guys actually that I really admire. There's Illmind, and then there's this other guy named Gabe from Legion Beats. 
So Legion Beats is the master of click funnels. Um, if if so, that's another thing. Actually, I probably would say that I would have tried to figure out earlier on is like, you know, nobody was really doing click funnels for music production selling beat. Everyone was trying to go to the you know the the beat store, beat stars, and sell their beats online. Oh, okay. You know, you know the type beats. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Chris yeah. Brown type beat, Drake type beat, J Cole type beat. You know, there's a million other producers doing that on YouTube. But instead, this guy Gabe from Legion Beats found another way to do it. The classic, you know, click funnel style marketing that you see all these, you know, guys with fake mansions in LA trying to sell you marketing <laughs> courses right? uh, is the same shit. So, um, you know, he mastered that technique before. And it goes back to the law of being first. This is such a basic fundamental marketing principle. But like, mm-hmm. if you can be the first person to do something um, in an industry or in a vertical, I mean, you're going to be successful in that just because. The law of being first just says that you're going to be successful until everyone starts copying you and then everyone's doing it, which is kind of what's happening now with ClickFunnels. But I would say Gabe from Legion Beats and Illmind, he's he's got a uh, probably the top music business production podcast out there called Black Chat. I would highly uh, suggest checking that out. And then um, he's just a beast with social media. He's all about organic. He's just now starting to get into the paid ads game. But his organic um, reach is pretty nuts just because – He's committed. You know, it's, it goes back to the same principles and philosophies we've all been saying, all of us yeah. on this call so far, but like it's just commitment, you know, <laughs> putting out really good content. And actually, let's let's call this out too for what it is, doing the work and and um, sharing what that's about. Because what you actually have now, unfortunately, and you guys are definitely also seeing this in the world of B2B marketing and sales and shit like that. Um, is people who are not doing the work, but claiming that they have the authority to tell you how to do it. (laughs) So they've never actually grown traffic to a website, but they want to tell you how to do it. They've never actually grown a social media following, but they want to tell you how to do it. They want to tell you how to, you know, become great, but they actually haven't gone through the steps of doing it. So it's kind of weird that you have these like people who aren't really writing the emails. They're just forwarding it to you. Um, and I, you know, I think that's, that's the difference in Illmind's content versus everyone else's is he's actually in it every day, you know, doing audio production tutorials in logic or Ableton or whatever have you. Um, and that's what makes him, um, able to stick out from the rest. So I guess I'll end my little rant there. No, just to continue on it real quick though, about Illmind master in branding. So you mentioned the podcast, right? So that's Blap Chat. He's got the Blap Kits, which are your drum kits. He has Blap Events, right? It's everything under that brand name and it's grown. So um, I think more people know about Ill Mind now than ever before. And this guy's consistently made hit records. You know, I, I know about him um, in the early 2000s, working with 50 Cent, things of that nature. And, um, you know, he's really just done an exceptional job uh, of branding as far as the whole Blap concept and all the different applications of it now. So he's certainly somebody I look up to as well in terms of, you know, especially from the production side of things, right? So there's great marketers who are the artists, but you don't really have the same amount of great um, marketers that are, are producers, the behind the scenes guys. And that's something that we've seen a lot in the last 10 years is that um, songwriters, composers, producers are coming to the forefront more so than ever and doing it in a really smart fashion. So whether it's someone like Illmind with the Blap Kits or um, um, Jake One with Snare Jordan, all the uh, kind of 
samples that he creates for other uh, producers to chop up and use. There's so many like really cool applications of um, you know how producers are are creating brands for themselves. Yeah, I think that's really cool that the producers are doing. I haven't seen too many producers really branding themselves really well. In, in terms of musicians, I think my favorite marketer musician, I think is the baby. If you guys aren't familiar with them, he, he's a rapper out in Charlotte. So mm-hmm. one, one thing that, that stood out to me, right? It was like three years ago in South by Southwest. If you guys know about it, it's a big, you know, music music event down in Texas and, and Austin. And basically there's thousands of artists there, right? So this guy, this guy's name is the baby. He comes there with thousands of people out there and he comes in a diaper. Do I advise going out there in a diaper? No, absolutely not. But at the end of the day, he separated himself from his audience and the press coverage he got from being the baby as a grown man in a diaper separated himself out. And then now he's one of the top three or four streamed artists in the world right now from hip hop. So I just thought that that was really unique from him to do that outside of social. And plus all the things he does from social, I think another one would be six, nine, but I don't really like his values and what he stands for. But from a marketing standpoint, he's, he's a genius. Yeah, I think the trolls. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the, the two people that come to mind. Unfortunately, it, one person is Tory Lanez. He did a great job over quarantine with Quarantine Radio, yeah. and he had a lot of momentum. And for anyone who doesn't know what happened, you guys can just look it up. That's kind of like a you know, there's a there's going to be a very large drop up from that. And um, I think the other person, the only person that I follow too is um, Sweetie. She does a really good job. Like she posts every single day. She has a partnership with like Pretty pretty Little Things, uh, which is a, a clothing brand. She has like her own like edge control. Like she's in it all. She's in the sneaker culture as well. So it her her audience is very diverse as well. So um, those are the two people that I, I see doing very well and um, they're doing very well as far as like content is concerned because she's still going out there and shooting videos at, you know, sneaker stores. She's still releasing a lot of videos as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Diversifying your audience is key right now, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just be in one channel. You just can't be in one lane. You really have to really build that audience with your tribe like and really show them the process, show them who you are. What are you thinking about a day to day? How do you come up with your music? What's the creative process, right? People want to be involved with you out nowadays, right? And even from a brand perspective, right? As a brand, you can't just put out a corporate response. We want to know exactly how you really feel. I don't know if anybody followed the, the last blockbuster Twitter account, but if you guys see- Yo, that's uh, genius. They came out of nowhere, they came back. Hey, we're yeah. just checking in and then like, oh, goodbye. <laughs> but if you see their tweets, like they'll keep it so real. It'll be like, yeah, shouts to our little league team. The, the season is canceled, so you don't make us look like like idiots this year. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> Aren't they doing uh like '90s themed sleepovers in that uh, last blockbuster? They Genius. made it into an Airbnb. This was like last week or something that it yeah, came for, out for four bucks. Genius for four dollars. I didn't know how much it cost, but for four dollars, it's hilarious. It's booked all the way to 2023, sir. Hey, hey God bless the <laughs> blockbuster on earth they're doing it right <laughs> that's the way to do it man I, i'm curious to ask you guys so i would love to hear what, what's the craziest story that you guys would be willing to share in terms of your musical you know your musical background or have it ever intertwined and like have you been in a, a meeting professionally and they'd be like oh damn i know your music you're has anything like that happened to you guys yeah a, a lot um <clears throat> the one that i always tell people about is how i got a meeting with atlantic records and nothing happened so <laughs> expand, sir. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, when like this is back when I was like a clueless 
you know, big eyed, dreamy musician thinking like the only way to be successful in the music game was quote unquote, getting a deal. And this was in 2008 or nine. And, um, you know, uh, through, through a friend, through a connect, I got introduced to a lawyer in LA. And if you guys don't know, lawyers can make things happen. They got connections, you know, they can plug you into all sorts of situations, Sometimes even going through a lawyer is even better than trying to get a deal or an opportunity going yourself because, you know, a lawyer, it's pretty much guaranteed that it's, you know, really like a a serious, legit opportunity. So the lawyer listened to my stuff, really liked it and said, you know what, man, I'm going to plug you into my Connect at Atlantic, one of the top A&Rs there, um, and you'll go and have a meeting. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm tripping. I'm like, wow, like (laughs) this is I've always seen people in my network, posting pics of them at label offices doing cool shit. I want to be doing cool shit at label offices. I want to feel cool. Yeah. I want to walk in those glass doors with my guitar feeling like I'm important. Yeah. Um, here's my moment to shine. Oh, shit. <laughs> right? So <laughs> I show up and you know i'm sitting in that waiting room and of course there's some hipster looking dude with like huge glasses and like red like afro um you know at the desk ignoring me sitting there for like an hour (laughs) finally the dude comes back out and he's like hey uh you're you're a gaitano right g come on back let's let's talk right so i'm like yeah cool so i play him some records and you know when whenever you play a music industry person your songs this is always the reaction 100 percent of the time it's dope. <laughs> it's, it's dope. Nah, but like, it's, it's dope though. Like, it's, it's dope. That's so like, true. All right, cool. So I play another record. Nah, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> play another record. Yeah, nah, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> so, so then he's like, oh, you brought your guitar. I'm like, yeah, you know, I can play some songs. So I took on my guitar, play some songs live. You know, I'm, and then, oh, then somebody was walking by and he was like, yo, come in here. Like one of like the fellow like A&Rs or colleagues or whatever. And like <laughs> Mike Karen, nah, definitely wasn't Mike Karen. Um, it was someone else who I can't say their name because I don't want to get sued or anything like that. Um, so, so another person came in. I played, you know, more songs on my guitar and same reaction. Nah, that's dope. That's dope, though. That's real dope. So, you know, it was like an hour and a half in there. Like, I'm talking, playing my songs. Then then at the end of the meeting, they were like, yo, honestly, like, you're dope, bro. Like, we, we want to get you in the studio with Trey Songs, just get you working with some artists, CeeLo Green. They were name dropping like crazy. Like, yo, your guitar shit would be crazy on some of these records. You know, we'll get you started like that. And then, you know, we'll just build. I'm like, all right, cool. So I walked out of that meeting like, wow. Like, this is going to be awesome. Like, I'm going to be working with people. Like, I'm going to just be collaborating, building. Like, of course, I wasn't expecting to get, like, signed or anything overnight. But, like, I just thought it was the start of building a great network. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Week <laughs> went by. Crickets. Two weeks went by. Crickets. A month went by. Crickets. I'm following up, looking stupid. Then I hit up the lawyer. He's ignoring me. Two months go by, nothing. Finally, I heard something from the lawyer saying, yeah, I finally connected with them. They said now is not the right opportunity to work with them. Um, you know, they wish you the best of luck. And that was it. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's the cruel part about the entertainment game. You could be knocking at the door. They could be telling you you're awesome. They could be telling you you're dope. They could be telling you, you know, you, you're going to be working with them on all these cool projects in the studio with all these people and shit. Um, and in reality, you're going to walk out of there and they're going to be like, whatever. You know, we ain't got time for that guy. 
after mm. hyping you up. I don't know why they don't just say what it is. Uh, that's just oh, the nature right. of the game sometimes, which is annoying. So um, that's my story. <laughs> I think people in the music business, the traditional music business, are allergic to the truth a lot of times. Like they just want to tell you how it is. Uh, yep. And that's super frustrating. I mean, every label situation that I've dealt with has been like that. That's for sure. Where it's kind of smile on your face and then it's a whole other different situation after the fact. Um, but I have, I have a bunch of these stories, um, but I'm just going to go with one. Um, so when I was living in Miami, I threw a lot of shows, right? So I was, uh, I would use um, promoting shows as a way to work with different rappers. And um, we booked Sean Price, uh, rest in peace, legendary rap- rapper from Duck Down. Um, yeah. So we booked him for Art Basel, right? And typically we would have the kind of the same sort of playbook. We'd find uh, a decent hotel either on the beach or, or right on the bay, uh, you know, three-star, four-star sort of deal, right? And I've never once had a complaint. You know, we spent good money on hotels for people to feel comfortable, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, the show, he's supposed to go on at like, I don't know, let's say like 1 a.m. or something like that. And then at 11 p.m., we get a call and he's like pissed. He's like, yo, what's, what's up with this hotel? I'm like, well, you know, it's it's about two miles from the venue. We thought you like it, be nice. He's like, no, this is this is too nice. I'm like, what do you mean it's too nice? He's like, I can't smoke no blunts in here. Um, <laughs> they got a mini fridge in here. You know, I'm Sean Price. Uh, you know, I'm Sean P. I don't need all this stuff. I'm like, well, you know, we were just trying. You know, it's our basil. Like, there wasn't a lot of choices. I mean, we could do something about it. He's like, yeah, you have to. I need to be able to smoke in this hotel room. I'm like, okay, all right. So at the last minute, like instead of getting everything set up and uh, making sure, um, you know, we're on time and everything, I'm trying to barter some sort of Motel Six uh, and Opalaka <laughs> for him so he could smoke his blunts after the show and everything like that. It was super random. You know, it's like the absolute opposite of every other situation I've dealt with booking any rapper in Miami. Everybody's complaining that, oh, you know, I'm in downtown. I want to be on the beach. No, Sean Price is is mad that he's in a four star hotel when he. He wants to be able to basically smoke in the hallway or whatever the hell he wanted to do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one hell of a time. And I, I, I always love Sean P um, you know, great, great person beyond being a great uh, artist, certainly somebody we lost uh, too soon, but um, yeah, that's, that's one I needed to kind of throw in there at the end. That's awesome. I could picture that too, right? In a big jar of Skittles all red. That's, all yeah. red. that's, that's P man. Yeah. How about you? Right. I don't have any like crazy stories. I mean, uh, I know like when I was younger and when I'm talking about younger, I'm like in the nineties, I had a cousin that worked for Sony and I was like, Hey, I want to be a singer. And she was like, okay. She's like, make a cassette. That's how long ago this was. She's like, make a cassette and you know, I'll send it through. And I was like, okay. And I made the, I made the tape and I just never sent it in. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, I want to live a regular life. I'm too young for this. I'm going to make it. So I'm just going to wait until later. And I just never sent it in. I know. I- I'm nuts. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. The second, story that I- <laughs> the second story that I have is um, one of my, my songs that are out, I found out that someone used the song without like the producer's knowledge shot a whole video and I hadn't even done what I needed to do for the song. So I was like, Oh no. I was like, Hey, uh, you guys got to get this together. So I reached out to the producer. I reached out to my lawyer and I was like, you don't have permission to use this. You need to take this down right now. And it's not going to be pretty. And mm-hmm. it worked out because my song is still up in there. Theirs isn't. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really have like super crazy songs, um, super crazy like stories, but there are some things that, that people have done. It's just like, why would you do that? Yeah. Again. <laughs> the, the song theft one is always interesting. I think everybody's done music has a story for that. I ended up yeah. doing a commercial for the NFL because of someone stealing my song, which was nice. So um, <laughs> well, I, did a, I did a cue for the NFL network. Some uh, advertising agency in LA just figured, oh, it's on the NFL network. So we have clearance for it. Everything's yeah. cool. They shot the commercial. They aired it, right? So I use this, uh, this tool called TuneSat, right, to monitor – when my music is on TV and I kept on seeing the late night, uh, late night show with Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, the X files. I'm like, there's first off, there's no way I'm on Jimmy Fallon. They got the roots. They don't need mnemonics. They got the roots. You know what I mean? So they allow you to have these little previews and I hear these people talking about the NFL, right? So I took the verbiage and I typed it into Google and sure enough, it was a national TV ad sanctioned by the NFL um, happened right around Super Bowl um, 2018. And uh, same sort of deal. I called my lawyer. I called my agent. We're like, what is going on here? <laughs> and then the moral of the story is I got paid double what they would have paid anyways. So there I, you I think go. the moral of the story is, you know, let people slip up. You know what I mean? <laughs> let people have a platinum record with your beat. Because then when you come and have all the proof, like, hey, here's the files, blah, 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 blah. You're going to get double the amount. So um, yeah, yeah, same with, same with beats too. Let people use your beats. Screw it. If they make a hit song, you're going with them, you, win. you know, you win. So everybody wins that scenario, even though it's a weird thing to say that, oh yeah, sometimes thievery works, but, um, I don't know. I, I have a success story there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you guys before we, before we end off today, cause we actually have a question from Nate from my marketing team. He wants to know, how do you guys think TikTok would change how people promote, especially with their new creator fund being released 200 million to top creators? Oh boy. Um, I haven't really touched TikTok too much. Everybody and their mother says that I should, but I don't necessarily, I, I always just view it as like, hey, this is stuff to kind of do like dances to and things of that nature. I don't have enough. So I'm going to defer to someone with a little bit more insight on TikTok. Yeah, I'm also saying my audience is not, you know, the audience for TikTok is a little too young, a little too immature for me. So I haven't dabbled with TikTok. Um, and it's all about, see, TikTok to me is all about like, doing things that are not conventional. <clears throat> so yeah. comedy skits, and then throwing your music in there in the background is like a product placement type of type of way is, is I think the right formula for TikTok. Like you're not just going to be able to go on TikTok, make a typical cover video and think, you know, something's going to happen with it. There has to be something really remarkable about it. And usually what you see trending on TikTok is, is, you know, shit that's funny or a yeah. skit or like something really amazing or wow, like, oh, 60-year-old homeless guy in New York City subway can sing like an angel, you know, like yeah. some kind of gimmick. Um, that's what you need in order for, for things to trend on, on, on TikTok. I don't know if the, the traditional way of creating content would necessarily work there. Personally, for me, I'm going to say um, I'm going to stick to what I know that I'm good at and what I could what I could do. And just because something is new and hot and, and there's a shiny new toy doesn't mean you should go chasing it. So if you, if you think you could be great at TikTok and your audience is there and like, you want to go into that whole route, then, then do it. But if it ain't for you, it ain't for you. And you know, I'm kind of with Jonathan on this one, but you know, yeah. Kara, I'm, I'm, I'm over to you to see what, what you think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really make music that's like TikTok worthy, but I do know that, um, 
they have a new partnership with United Masters, which is like headed by Steve Stout. So I think it'll be very interesting to see what will come of it because I, I know like through United Masters, they have like a lot of like rapper and like a lot of like up-tempo music. So I think that they have an idea of how they're going to use TikTok to their advantage. And it's just left for us to see how that will work out for them and their artists as well. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'll probably just, just drop in there is a friend of mine in Miami. She's a, she's a marketer at rich music, which is a label for reggaeton and, and Latino artists. And um, one of the things that she does, actually the whole label marketing team does to get their artists music um, to have greater reach is they find popular um, accounts on TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, where I'm going with this. Yeah. And yeah. they ask them to do stupid dances and shit to the songs. So like, you know, D-Melo Flow and yeah. all those guys, Daleks and all that. Um, they'll, they'll reach out to them and be like, Hey, you know, I'm reaching out on behalf of D-Melo Flow at, you know, uh, rich music. We, you know, we'll pay you to do like a, a, you know, a dance or whatever to this new song. And then, you know, they'll report that back to the label in terms of like, Hey, this is how much reach we're getting for, um, our artists. And there, and it's a form of influencer marketing if you think about it. Absolutely. So I think I was gonna say, I I challenge all three of us to be on it. Cause one, there's audience, there's one, two, we all have content that fits with that 15 to 25 demographic and they all, they all pay and we all could use that audience. Right. (laughs) And, and, and third is like, what, all right, as far as TikTok. I definitely agree with you guys, but if you look at how the game is as a whole, look at Drake and some of those individuals, look at what he did with Tootsie Slide, right? There's obviously an audience there and it obviously drives more users, right? And then the thing I don't know about TikTok is like, not like Instagram, if you're an influencer, you have to put like a sponsored post, it looks more organic. Mm-hmm. So nobody knows the behind the scenes stuff, right? That the brand went to Tootsie and said, do the slide and do all these things. It just looks organic. So if you get a good strategic influencer campaign on TikTok, I think it could, I, I think it could take off. And you're really promoting your, your music as a lifestyle. Nobody, you give your, your story, your music a narrative. You know what I mean? So, so here's the difference between SEO and social. With TikTok, you don't, you don't claim the sponsored. It's strategic and good. Yeah. In SEO, when you pay for links, oh, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's the same concept. You're paying for links. Right. But, but, no, but, but, you're, not, but you're not advertising that it's a paid link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, and it's funny that you guys mentioned it because I actually wrote an article on influencer marketing and um, <laughs> for iPhone rank. And I think that um, that could be a new wave, especially for artists, being that we cannot necessarily go out and perform. That could be another stream of, of, of revenue as far as like having something already built out and reaching out to a company or if they reach out to you having content already built out for them and they either say yes or no and you tailor it to them and then just kind of keep it moving and you can always recycle your content that way as well. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah. So I know we, we went a little bit over guys, but I know we, we could talk about this all day. I, w- I would go another half an hour hour with you guys. <laughs> I'm enjoying this this much. So I just want to say first and foremost, I appreciate all you guys, you know, Nefakar, thank you for joining as well. You know, I know, Thanks, it's been I know I appreciate you guys joining and Gaetano, Jonathan, yeah, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. You know, 
It's a pleasure. Everybody listening, please go join them or follow them on TikTok. I mean, not TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah go follow them on TikTok. I'm yeah, gonna I'll get set up the profile. Jared's right trying now. to do a TikTok video right after this. I'm doing one right <laughs> after. Right? Exactly. <laughs> we want to see the dance, bro. I'm doing it. I'm creating a dance tomorrow. So um, be on the lookout for the dance. Be on the lookout for our LinkedIn post. Um, also, check out, you can check out Gaetano and Chris Walker. They do some really good content pieces on demand gen. So if you're in a B2B space, it's fantastic. It's really informative. Make sure you go check it out. Um, Jay, any, any new projects you want to promote? Anything you want to drop? We go. Uh, yeah, I'm working with Arrested Development and Parliament Funkadelic. I'm super excited and proud of that. So the, the, those songs there will come go. out. And uh, speaking of United Masters, my R&B group, Sapier Wave, is distributed through United Masters. So you might see your boy do a couple moves on TikTok as well, bro. We're going to have a little battle. We're having an impressions battle. Let's so do it. Consider it happening. Yeah. Uh, so my EP is coming out at the end of this month. Um, it's yeah. Called, and uh, it's a, a little cute little quick, quick tidbit. And then my album is going to come out after I'm following uh, Jonathan's advice. Let's go. And then <laughs> let's go. And I have roll out from here. So check it out. Let's go. Make Dope. sure you check us out. Make sure you go follow us, man. We're we're very open to talk, always open to connect with people. Thank you again for you know joining Rankable. It's up to you it's because of you guys. We're on episode 12 and continuing. So we appreciate the support. A huge shout out to the IPR team, Kevin, Nate. Thank you for all the there it goes. <laughs> so thanks again for joining Rankable, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. And also, please join us for the Black Friday webinar next week, too. So if you're in the e-commerce space, you want to understand some new tips and tricks on how you can you know, drive more sales during this, during this climate, please come join us. So appreciate you again, guys. It's actually September 3rd. I messed up. <laughs> so September 3rd, and we will have Rankable next week. So thank you again, guys. Much love as always, and see you next week. Peace out. Bye. Bye.